Happy day, Rosso Garcia with Why Jesus. So good to be with you again. I'm hoping that you're having a great day and that you are able to go out there and enjoy the sunrays that have been with us these last few days. I love it. More sunlight, more sunrays just make me feel better. So it's been a while and I apologize if I sound a little, I don't know, uh, rough on my voice. I have a sore throat, but I need to get this done. So hoping that you will enjoy the Come Follow Me lesson for today that I'm sharing with you. This covers February 28th through March 6th. It is called Surely the Lord is in this place. And it covers Genesis chapters 28 to 33. The topics on here are the following. I am promised the blessings of Abraham in the temple is one the next one the lord remembers me in my trials the next one the savior can help us overcome discord in our families and uh, this is going to be the story of jacob and um, you remember his brother esau who is the oldest one that sold him the birthright for a pot of por uh, porridge. So, welcome everybody. If you are new, I'm so glad and happy you're with us. Just letting you know what we're doing. We are going through the manual, Come Follow Me, put out by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, this year, we are working on the Old Testament. And so uh, you can get your hands on a manual at Desert Books. Or you can download the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints app. And do a library search for Come Follow Me. And find the week that we are covering. You can do the same at LDS.org. Under Libraries do a search for Come Follow Me. And once again, find the week that you want to look into. Another disclaimer, <clears throat> I am not a professional podcaster, nor scriptorian, nor knowledgeable any more than somebody that enjoys the lesson and is learning some things from the lesson that are making my life better so I'm just sharing it with you to see if that helps your life in any way shape or form so having said that take it easy on me when I make mistakes when my little furry friends make loud noises I apologize so having said that Let's get into the lesson for today. So I am going to read 
the summary, which is usually my favorite. And it says here, chapters 28 and 32 of Genesis tell of two spiritual experiences that the prophet Jacob had. Both happen in the wilderness, but under very different circumstances. In the first experience, Jacob was traveling to his mother's homeland to find a wife, and along the way spent a night on a pillow of stones. He may not have expected to find the Lord in such a desolate place, and Jacob declared, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Years later, Jacob found himself in the wilderness again. This time he was on his way back to Canaan, facing a potentially deadly reunion with his angry brother Esau. But Jacob knew that when he needed a blessing, he could seek the Lord even in the wilderness. You may find yourself in your own wilderness seeking a blessing from God. Maybe your wilderness is a difficult family relationship such as Jacob had. Maybe you feel distant from God or feel that you need a blessing. Sometimes the blessing comes unexpectedly. Other times it is preceded by a wrestle. Whatever your need, you can discover that even in your wilderness, the Lord is in this place. I love, love, love the summary because it tells you what we're going to go over. And so, yeah, um, Jacob um, was looking to get married. And in these chapters, his dad, Isaac, told him not to marry anybody from the sons of Canaan in the area that they lived and so he was very obedient to his father. So he was leaving to go find a wife. Um, and so on the other uh, side, his brother Esau, who's the oldest, heard their father telling Jacob not to marry anybody from Canaan. And so he just said, well, I am, and he went contrary to what his father said and married within that. And so you're probably going to say, so what was wrong with marrying within the people of Canaan? Well, um, if you get into reading all the chapters, you'll understand that he was trying to help Isaac find a wife that was going to believe in God the way that he does, that was going to make um, sacred covenants with him and keep those covenants, etc. So he was looking for someone that had those same um, relationship with God as he does. And apparently the people in Caton were not that way. So he sent him off to um, go find a wife um, from where he came from, from his people. And so in his mother's homeland where um, she had plenty of sisters and other people that were there that 
would be eligible future wives for him. So I don't know if you guys remember that whole thing with uh, Esau giving his birthright away. Um, but the relationship between Esau and Jacob was not the best because Esau disliked the fact that Jacob took his father's blessing um, that belongs to the first child. And so Jacob went away more or less around that time and he came to his mother's land homeland to find a wife and there um, Laban was the brother of uh, his mom and Laban tricked Jacob um, because Jacob fell in love with his daughter Rachel who was the second um, in line, not the first. And so he offered to serve seven years to live with them and help him for seven years to marry his daughter Rachel. And when that came to be and he wanted to take his wife and go, uh, Laban uh, offered Leah the firstborn and kind of tricked him that way. So um, he asked, why have you done this? And Laban's answer was, well, it's not the right thing to do to give somebody my second child when I have a firstborn. The firstborn will always go first. And so he tricked him to serve another seven years for his daughter, Rachel, who he originally served the first seven years for so and so he had these two wives but he loved Rachel more than Leah and so Leah was the one that conceived and had um, four sons and Rachel was somewhat jealous of her sister and pleaded with God to help her have a child. And um, long story made short, um, Leah felt um, that by having children with Jacob that he would turn his heart to her and that didn't happen. And so she didn't like her sister Rachel very much because of that. Um, and so intricate, hard relationships already. So uh, bottom line, they had, um, they each had a maid and they decided to, Rachel couldn't have children so she wanted a child on her side. So he gave his maiden to Jacob to marry her so that she can have a child through her. And that happened. Um, 
And then Leah was no longer bearing children, so she gave him her maiden and did the same so that he can have more children and hopefully get that heart from Jacob to turn to her instead of Rachel. You know, stuff that I don't understand a lot, but I can tell you that within my own culture, that mentality of some people thinking that if I bear a child from him or if I give him, you know, more children that they'll love me more or stay with me, that happens still. So that's not at all uncommon, but it's just, that just makes life complicated, relationships very complicated. And so, but this is the way they did things in the past. So finally, at the, towards the end, um, God was merciful to Rachel, and she had conceived and had her firstborn, and her firstborn was Joseph, as we know as a Joseph of Egypt, or the Joseph with the coat of many colors. Um, and then later she conceived and had a second son, which was Benjamin, which was the youngest. So between Leah and her maiden, um, they had, I believe, eight uh, children. And then with Rachel and her maiden, she had two with maiden and then two with Rachel. So altogether, 12. So these are the 12 tribes of Israel that you and I talk about. Um, or here in the gospel. So very complicated relationships. But the bottom line, this Jacob wound up serving in the land with Laban um, for seven years for each daughter, 14 plus four more years to um, raise cattle and have something to call and raise his family with. And so all of 20 years, all of 20 years. So if you remember, when he was first on his way, he was going through a desolate area, very rocky, and slept on a bed of stones. And he had a vision. And the vision told him how he was going to find his wife and that kind of thing. And so he was happy to find the Lord in that desolate place um, when he was seeking for something righteous. And so then he served 20 years through, you know, deceit and whatever not and got into more complicated relationships. And then he needed to go back home and his father-in-law Laban made it very hard um, but finally let him go and on his way home he was afraid to be back and encounter his brother Esau who was very angry when he first left because of the birthright thing and so he had this prayer 
um, along the way that he offered because he knew that it was going to be a difficult time. But through, through it all, Jacob wound up getting the same Abrahamic covenant uh, that Isaac did. Um, and so I'm just going to read that briefly. Let's see here if I can find it. So it says here, I am promised the blessings of Abraham in the temple. So that is why um, Jacob was going to his mother's homeland to find somebody to marry in the temple or to make in sacred covenants with God through marriage. And so he had the same blessing that Abraham was given. And so um, let's see if I can... find it here and so that if you remember Abraham was blessed uh, was told that in his seed the families of the world would be blessed and they would be numbered like the sand in the sea countless and so you and I become part of the 12 tribes of Israel uh, by adoption um, and so that is the same covenant made with Abraham. Now it's continued on with Jacob and his seed. And so the second part, the Lord remembers me in my trials, um, goes into the stories that I just mentioned and how in difficult those relationships were. And so it says here, even though Rachel and Leah lived in a time and culture different from ours, we can all understand some of the feelings they had. As you read Genesis chapters 29 and 30, it says, look for words and phrases describe, describing God's mercy to Rachel and Leah. Ponder how God has looked upon your affliction and remembered you. So... It sounds like, you know, God is making things happen in the negative way, but he's not. He's actually showing mercy to Leah and Rachel by opening Rachel's womb so she can have children and Leah to be happy, to be a mother of, you know, uh, the literal tribes of Israel um, and so God is with us through our trials. I'm, this is what you and I are supposed to learn. I'm going to read a couple of sentences from Genesis 29, 31 to 35. It says, And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bare a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, Surely the Lord hath looked upon my affliction now, therefore my husband will love me. And she conceived again and bare a son, and said, Because the Lord hath heard that I was hated, he hath 
therefore given me this son also and she called his name Simeon <coughs> and she conceived again and bare a son and said now this time will my husband be joined unto me because I have borne him three sons therefore was his name called Levi and she conceived again and bare a son and she said now will I praise the Lord therefore she called his name Judah and left bearing and then with Rachel if you remember that she pleaded to have a son and this is um, Genesis 30 and God remember Rachel and God hearkened to her and opened her womb so this shows us that God hears and answers our prayers he knows what you and I are going through and he will show us mercy uh, in due time it doesn't happen immediately when we want to but it does happen and it's usually I would say always for the best um, just remember you know when our little children ask us for something they want they don't understand the time concept you know they just want it right now and that's kind of how you and I when we're going through trials we want those gone right away but God's in his wisdom knows that we need to learn through some of those trials and he does listen and answers our prayer in due time so that is what I gathered from that part and then the last part the Savior can help us overcome discord in our families so if you re recall Esau says as Jacob returned to Canaan he was greatly afraid and distressed about how Esau would receive him as you read in Genesis chapters 32 and 33 about Jacob's encounter with Esau and his feelings leading up to it you might ponder your own family relationships perhaps one that needs healing maybe this story could inspire you to reach out to someone it says um, so Jacob did some preparation before he went back to meet Esau and so how can you and I prepare when we're going to meet or encounter someone that we've had a hard relationship with it says what stands out to you about Jacob's prayer found in Genesis um, 32 9 to 12 so I'm going to read that and see what stands out to you and Jacob said O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac and Lord which says unto me return unto thy country and to thy kindred and I will deal well with thee I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which thou hast showed unto thy servant for with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now I am become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he will come and smite me, and the mother with the children. And thou sayest, I will surely do thee good, and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So, if you remember, 
God blessed Jacob and told him that he and his seed, you know, would be the multitude of nations as well. So he's kind of reminding God, thank you for everything you've given me, but remember you bless me that um, that you would make the seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered or multiplied. So please don't let Esau kill me and my family is essentially what his prayer was about. So he was very specific and very worried. Um, but then the next question says, what do you learn about forgiveness from Esau's example? Uh, and how can the Savior help us heal relationships? So Esau, when Jacob left, mm, he sent some people in front of him to kind of tell Esau that Jacob was on his way back. And Esau was so excited and thrilled that he took 400 men and went up to meet him. But, you know, that can you imagine? That was a scary sight to have 400 men, you know, coming out to meet you. It would look more like they were coming out to battle with you. Um, but in reality, when he got to Jacob, uh, Jacob was so afraid that he would be wiped out completely um, by these 400 men that he split his house into two in case they battled one, the other ones could be saved. So, but that was not the case. Esau was just happy to see him. And, <coughs> excuse me, and he said he was happy and he asked him, who are all these people? And he said, this is my family. And he said, so glad you're here. And um, Jacob had prepared cattle and sheep to give them as a gift, as a token, uh, to kind of ease into the relationship again. And Esau said, oh, no. You keep those. I don't need you. God has blessed me abundantly. You keep your cattle and your sheep. But thank you. And so bottom line, <coughs> he left and let them come in um, at the time that they could because they were bringing young children and cattle. And so they needed to stop and rest. And <coughs> so... So it was, Esau's example was that he totally forgave his brother completely. Um, and it's not what he was, Jacob was expecting. So, you know, sometimes we think in our head and make the situation worse thinking that these people that you have a hard relationship with um, hate you and will want to hurt you when they see you again and that kind of thing. But in reality, you don't know that. Um, so it's best to, you know, approach them sooner than later. Don't wait the 20 years that Jacob waited, you know, uh, because 
it's a lot of, in my opinion, wasted time. Because when we withhold forgiveness um, from someone, it hurts us more than it hurts the other people. And um, Jacob was the one that was hurting in thoughts uh, and fear more than Esau because Esau had already forgiven him. So I really, really like that story. And then there's also another story that you may know that's similar to this. And this is the prodigal son, if you remember, when the man had two sons and one wanted his inheritance and went away and lived it up. And, um, you know, he figured out that he only had friends when he had money and when he didn't have anything, nobody wanted to help him. So he basically uh, wasted all his inheritance and then came back to his father's house and he found a very angry brother because his dad threw a big party for him, uh, welcoming, welcome, welcoming him home for he had been gone for so long and um, was jealous that his father had thrown a party for him when he, you know, basically lost his whole inheritance and his father's hard work on that. Um, and he who had stayed by his dad's by, by uh, his side and continued to grow his wealth and his estate didn't get a party like that. And so... You know, the prodigal son, his dad says, aren't you glad that he was lost and now is found again? Um, and such, and told his son that had been with him the whole time that everything he had was his and that, um, you know, he shouldn't think the way he did. Uh, but bottom line, difficult relationships, right? And so... Um, it's better to forgive and move on than to hold a grudge or anger and not being able to progress. So I like the story between Jacob and Esau and the one that reminds us of the, you know, the prodigal son story as well. Uh, what I learned from the prodigal son was that we as parents usually focus on the child that has the difficult behaviors uh, and forget to reward our children that have good behaviors. We take them for granted a lot and we shouldn't do that. We should recognize the good they do and even focus on the good choices they make in front of the ones that are not making the best choices um, so that they can hear that you're praising the good behavior instead of the bad behavior and they will want to model the good behavior instead of the bad behavior more. 
Um, but bottom line, lesson learned that we need to make sure that we reward our children for the efforts they make and for the good choices they make um, always so that we get rid of some of these bad feelings that go in between siblings because they kind of feel like one is a favorite child versus another. And there should never be such a thing, right? There should never be favorite children to anyone. They should all be the same, but that is usually not how it goes, sadly. But in my case, I have done the best that I could to let my children know that there is no favoritism, uh, but that they're all so different that the way I handle and deal with them is very different. And if they see that I do more time with one child, it's because the nature of that relationship requires that, not because I want to spend more time with them than the others. The others have different things going and therefore there's different things I do for them that I don't do for the other child and so whatever. As long as we explain everything that is going on and how we are divvying up the time and the things we do are different because they all have different tastes, different things they want to do, different ways of learning, different ways of um seeing the world, etc., uh, that we all have to treat them differently, but that does not mean there's favoritism in that because you're not treating them all the exact same. Granted, house rules should be the same for all, and I don't know, you know, computer, phone rules, um, dating, religious all those kinds of rules should be the same straight across. But, you know, the way you deal with them and spend time with them according to their own needs. But it's hard. So in any event, um, family relationships are the hardest things and relationships overall. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we're here to learn is that we are here to learn how to treat each other with love and respect and um, accept that we all have freedom to choose the paths that we want to go on and that uh, it might not make sense to us or be the, the path we want to choose, but we need to let them be independent. And um, there's a saying I have in my home that says, you should love somebody um, in such a way that they feel completely and 100% free to be themselves. Um, and that is the focus that we should all have, uh, especially in relationships, you know, a husband and wife. Um, and with our children, you know, uh, it's just, it's, we're all free to choose. And as long as it's not breaking 
um, or um, diminishing that relationship and love and respect in any way, everybody should have that feeling that they can be completely 100% who they are, exactly how they want to be with parents, with spouses, with, you know, dating partners, with family members, etc. We should not make them as complicated as we do, uh, especially getting politics in the mix of it. In any event, you know where I'm going with this. But relationships is the only thing we're taking with us. And the knowledge we gain in this world is the only thing we are taking with us to the next life. No money, no physical possession or home or cars or any of that stuff will matter. Is our knowledge and the love and respect we have within our relationships will go into the next life because we will continue to have those relationships. So I guess we best work on those relationships because they're going to be eternal. So having said that, I was happy to see that from such complicated life that Jacob and Esau had, they kind of made the best that they could out of it. And so I hope that you and I will be able to do the same with our own families and our own little world. And most important, know that God is with you, even in desolate places, in that bed of rocks that Jacob slept on, that he thought he would never find God there. But God showed him how he was going to find his wife. And so... And on the way back, he prepared and gave a prayer on trying to restore his relationship with his brother. And God helped him through that as well. So God is there for you and I, especially in mending our relationships. And with that, this is Rosa Garcia, hoping you have a great rest of the day. And I'll see you next time.